Welcome, everyone. Hey, so good to have all of you with us, whether you're joining us online or at one of our churches. And today, if it's your first time at RCC, we are in our fifth week of our series entitled Share the Experience. And the question that we've been asking that this whole series has been built on is this, does the message of the church matter? Literally, is the message of the church still relevant? Is there more to it than just believe in Jesus so one day you can go to heaven? In other words, can the message of the church really make a difference in your life, in your family, in a city, in a community, in a culture, or a nation, or ultimately in this world? And we are absolutely convinced the answer is yes. And that's what this discussion has been about for these last five weeks. In fact, we believe that 2020 has proved that the message of the church is still relevant. In fact, one of the reminders from this pandemic is that death is a reality for everyone and that no one is promised tomorrow. But the truth is, everybody lives forever somewhere. And as a church, we steward, or another maybe a way to say that would, we get to carry the message that Jesus came, he died, he rose again to pay the penalty for our sins. In fact, he came to offer us forgiveness for and freedom from our sin. And don't we all know people who need to know that message? And don't we all need to be reminded of that message? Which means we're not only stewards of the message of eternal life, we're also stewards of the message of eternal life and a better life. And so what we've done for the past few weeks is we've been discussing what it looks like for followers of Jesus to engage with a culture that doesn't necessarily value what we value or believe what we believe. And we've discovered that there are different behaviors and there are different values that Jesus and his first century followers practiced that I think we all should emulate in our lives. In fact, up to this point, we've talked about four of those. In fact, we looked at what it means to be stewards of the message of love and joy and peace and faithfulness and kindness and self-control in a world that's lacking all of those things. And we learned the value and the importance of that. And then on our second week, we learned that we are stewards of hope in the midst of unexplainable pain and suffering. And then in week three, we learned that the church has one message that is infinitely different than any message shared on this planet. And that is the message of grace. And then last week, we discovered together how to speak truth. Literally, how to engage a culture that doesn't necessarily want to be engaged. Now, today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a value, literally a behavior, that is going to be relevant to all of us, whether you're a Christ follower or not. But the application is going to be specific to those of you who would say, I desire to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, this value, this behavior, is so counterintuitive that if we would all practice it, I think it would open up doors to engage our culture in ways that we never could imagine. In fact, this behavior, this value is to serve selflessly. Now, here's why this is so important. One of the major ways that God builds big faith in people is through the practice of consistently serving others selflessly. And I'm just telling you, this is so counterintuitive because you think when you serve somebody else, they're the ones who benefit. But from my personal experience 
And there's a lot of people serving our church who would tell you the same thing. You grow the most when you die to yourself, when you deny yourself and you give your life away. In fact, you'll discover that your faith gets stronger, your purpose gets clearer, and your joy gets bigger when you choose to die to self and be a contributor, not a consumer. In fact, you can say it this way. You might want to write this down. Serving exercises your spiritual muscles. So the question is, why, why don't we do this? Why, why don't we serve selflessly? And here's why. Because every day, our heart, it gravitates back to a question. And it is this question, and that is, who's going to meet my needs? And if there's ever been a season when we have been asking this question, it has been during this pandemic. Who's going to meet my needs? Now, this didn't just happen out of the pandemic. The pandemic just kind of showed it or revealed it. But here's the reality. You and I, by nature, we are self-centered people. I mean, stop and think about that. I mean, nobody has to encourage us to be selfish, do they? We're going to take care of that part on our own. Like every day, in every way, your tendency, my tendency is to always ask, who's going to meet my needs? This is just typical human behavior, and it's the norm in our culture, and it's been magnified by this pandemic. In fact, it's what drives everything that we do. It's why so many companies still market all their products as though they're going to meet all of your needs, and life is all about you. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, life is not all about you. In fact, Jesus said, life's not actually about you at all. Jesus said, we are to deny ourselves, and we're to take up our cross and follow Jesus, which is why we will never impact our culture the way that Jesus intends us to impact our culture until we grasp this powerful truth, and we die to ourselves, and we start asking a different question. See, throughout history, followers of Jesus who chose to die to themselves, they're the ones who changed this world. They didn't ask, who's going to meet my needs? No, instead, they ask, whose needs can I meet? Now, be honest with yourself. Do you ever ask yourself that question? Can you remember the last time you stopped and you thought, whose needs can I meet today? But I'm telling you, this is a question that leads to us dying to ourselves, to denying ourselves. And that is what ultimately leads to spiritual transformation and spiritual life. See, this question, I'm telling you, it will change a family when a parent and, and a child ask how, how they can meet each other's needs. It, it'll even rescue a marriage when a husband and wife, they ask, how can I meet your needs? And they do it out of a spirit of denying self or dying to self. This question will transform a workplace when a boss looks to meet the needs of employees and employees do the same. It'll change friendships. And even greater than that, it will change conflict and it will turn enemies into friends. See, this question, we absolutely believe it will change a culture if enough followers of Jesus start asking, whose needs can I meet. And, and we're not just talking about 
the needs of each other who they're friends with. But we're talking about the needs of people who believe and behave something different than them. Now, maybe most of all, I think what will happen is this question right here, it'll change you. Your life expands when you deny yourself or when you die to yourself and you live with open hands asking the question, how can I meet somebody else's needs? See, there, there is something that happens in you when you choose to die to yourself, when you choose to not make life about you anymore. But the truth is, most of us, we focus on getting the most out of life. I mean, that's how most all of us think. We eat, we breathe, we consume because we want to get all we can out of the life we have. But if that's your approach to life, you are absolutely missing the point of life entirely because you were created to give, not get the most out of life. See, life is about your contribution, not your consumption. See, consuming, it, it never led anyone to live this real life of significance. So the more I save, spend, acquire, and experience, the, the more or the better my life gets. That, that's not how it works at all. When you're a contributor, not a consumer, that's when you see God do his most significant work in you. And if you think you have no significant contribution to make, you are very wrong. In fact, in this season, I think everyone even has a greater contribution to make. And so today what I want to do is I want to show you one simple statement that the apostle Peter made in a letter that he wrote to Christ followers who were in the midst of extreme suffering. And, and I hope this will change how you view the contribution that you can make even in this season. And I pray that it will encourage you to live to share your experience. And, and I'm just telling you, that this is something that is just so powerful. And we find it in this one simple sentence. And let me just go ahead and say, if you're not a follower of Jesus, stuff like what we're about to read is why we think you should read your Bible, even if you don't believe it all, because there's just so much wisdom in Scripture that can help you in life. You'd be crazy not to take advantage of it. Now, this statement by the Apostle Peter it is absolutely an example of that. He helps us understand why being a contributor is so much better than being a consumer. And he makes the point living in a Roman culture that in many ways is more unchristian in terms of beliefs and behavior than ours. And probably the level of suffering was even greater as well. But he believed to serve selflessly is required if we as followers of Jesus are going to impact our world the way that God has called us and designed us to. In fact, here's what the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He says, each of you. So he wants us to know that what, he about, what he's about to tell us, it applies to all of us. Not, not just some little group over here. No, he says, everybody's included. And if each of you, or if each one of you don't get involved, then somebody is going to miss out. In fact, here, this is how he says it. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Now, two important things for you to note here. First of all, Peter says that you have a gift. Matter of fact, you have several gifts or several special abilities that are gifts to you from God. Now, 
You may not recognize them as gifts because they become so easy or, they, or they're so easy or so natural to you. But you are gifted with some special abilities. In fact, some of you, you're gifted to protect other people. Some of you, you're gifted to sew or paint or create or design. Some of you, you're gifted to organize or some of you are gifted to speak in front of a group of people to inspire people to some kind of action. Some of you are gifted to manage money. Others of you are gifted to make money. Some of you are gifted to connect with people of a certain age or a certain type of person. Some of you are gifted to teach. Others of you are gifted with hospitality or leadership or empathy. See, you have been gifted with certain abilities. And what you may not or what you need to really recognize is you didn't earn this gift. They are given to you by God. See, you may have worked hard to develop them, and, and you should work hard to develop them, but you have done nothing to deserve them. Understand this. God chose when you were born to place these special abilities in you for a specific purpose. So if you think your abilities are your own and that you earn them, here's what will happen. You'll start acting entitled to them, you'll be selfish with your gifts, and you'll simply look for ways to leverage your gifts for your benefit. But when you realize that you have been gifted by God, then what you do is you begin to really have this sense or feel this sense of responsibility to steward your gift for God's purpose, not your own. And what happens is then you begin to realize while your gifts may lead to some kind of personal success, that's not the primary purpose of your gifts. The Apostle Peter says the primary purpose of your abilities is a higher calling and a contribution to other people rather than just personal success. In fact, he goes on. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Don't miss that. You were gifted not to serve yourself, the primary purpose is not so that you can make more money or be successful or build this nicer retirement or have this bigger gig. No, you have been gifted to give back. You are to use your ability to serve other people. In fact, you are gifted to contribute, not consume. See, God knew just what the people around you would need. So he created you. Don't miss this. God knew what the people around you would need, even in this season. So he created you with the capacity to match that calling so that you could serve others. Now, just think about that for a second and ask yourself this question. How are you using your gifts to serve others? Some of you you're not using them at all. In fact, your main motivation has been to kind of gain all you can from your gift. Some of you, you, you refuse to use your gifts, especially in this season, because you go, I just, I just don't have the time. It's going to cost you much time. And in your mind, you're too busy meeting your own needs to consider sacrificing some time to meet somebody else's needs. Others of you, you've used the excuse that nobody needs my gifts in this season. And I'm telling you, that couldn't be further from wrong. You, 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 you have somebody that you could serve. See, you, you've used the mindset, I can't serve somebody with what I'm gifted to do. No. 
All of us are gifted for the season by God to make a contribution. And if you're thinking that way, that's how consumers think. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not called to be a consumer. You're called to be a contributor. See, you weren't saved to be selfish. You were saved to serve others. And Peter says, whether you get this or not, it has an eternal impact on both you and the people around you. Don't miss this. In fact, here's why he says this matters. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, don't miss this. Peter is saying the way God's grace is expressed to the people around us is when all of us who are followers of Jesus use our gifts to serve others. In other words, God wants to express his grace through your gifts. He wants to use your unique contribution to help people get a glimpse of himself and his grace. So when you and I, when all of us, we come together and each of us use our gifts together to serve through a local church, the end result is God is honored and people get to see the grace of God through us. So here's the thing. You and I, we have a choice to make. We can keep living like we are, it's all about us and it's all about my needs. Or if you want bigger faith or you want a stronger purpose and a greater sense of joy than you right have now, you have to change your approach to life. If you want to honor God with your life, you have to choose differently when it comes to how you use your gifts. You have to choose to contribute don't consume. Now, that's true whether you feel like doing that or not, or whether you want to sacrifice to serve or not, or, or you think you don't have the time. Peter says, listen, choose to serve selflessly. So let me just summarize what the apostle Peter believed about you. He said, God created you to make a custom contribution in this world. In fact, that's why we're always talking about being for others. It's not about you. It's about serving the people around you well. It's deciding that I'm going to choose to let my focus be on the people around me and how I can use my passion, my personality, my experience, and my gifts to help make everything around me better. See, you were uniquely designed to serve the people around you even in this season. And because of that, don't, don't miss this. You or who you are doesn't make you unique, but what you do. Don't, don't miss that. Who you are doesn't make you unique, but what you do. How you serve other people with what God has given you, it is what makes you unique in this life. So here's our challenge for you. Will you spend some time this week reflecting on how God made you? Maybe you need to sit down and make a list. In fact, you probably need to talk it over with some friends. You, you may need some wisdom from some other person to help you discern how to discern in your own life how you can best serve other people. But here's the thing. There, there's no doubt that the thing to do that God has designed and called you and wired you to do is to serve. Because, see, you should use whatever gift you've received, as Peter said, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form, which means anytime you join God 
and you do what he's created you to do, you are fulfilling his purpose for your life. Now, for some of you, I I know this is just kind of hard for you to wrap your minds around because you don't value how God has made you, and you look at what you can do, and you feel like it's very insignificant, and you just say, man, in this season, I'm just a, or I'm only a, and and I'm sure God is in heaven saying, "Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I planned you on purpose for a purpose. See, God planned your purpose in advance. He custom designed you to fulfill it. And and for you to think you're not significant, please never confuse prominence with significance. Here's the thing. You may not ever lead hundreds or thousands of people and You may not have many people who ever really know your name, and you may not make a lot of money or own a lot of things or stand on the stage, but don't miss this. One second on the other side of eternity, and you'll realize none of that mattered to God because greatness isn't defined by prominence. See, greatness is defined by dying to self and serving God's purpose for your life by serving others. And God is calling all of us in this season to lean in, I think, to do this more than ever so that we can make an impact on our culture. Here's the thing. You can't ever forget this important truth. Every time you serve someone, you serve God's purpose for your life. So here's the big question. Will you take the time to identify how God has uniquely made you, and then connect dots between your design and what God is doing around you, what he's doing in you, and then help you discover your purpose out of that. And here's the thing we know. This can be a bit overwhelming, and you can just start thinking, but I'm not really sure I I can figure all this out. I'm I'm not really clear on what my ministry and what my mission are, maybe in this church and and, in this world. How do I know how God wants to use my gifts, abilities, and experiences? And we're glad you asked. Because next Sunday, the first Sunday in February, we would love for you to join us at Engage. And we will help you begin to discover the answer to these questions. Now, before we close, I want to connect one more dot with you, and this is so important. Have you ever wondered something like this? Have you ever watched something happen in the world and you thought to yourself, how, how could God let this happen? A good God would never allow, or I can't follow a God who allows that kind of evil or suffering in this world. Or what if God, if you're thinking about those questions and you've thought that, which I know we all have, what if God's not ignoring that suffering? What if God's not absent from that pain? What if God custom created some people for the very purpose of addressing those issues and alleviating that suffering? But what if they're not using their custom design, their custom gifting to do it? See, maybe the fault doesn't lie with God. Maybe it lies with us. And here's why we bring that up. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of you deciding to die to self, to deny yourself, and use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. See, you have no idea whose lives will be changed, what suffering might be alleviated, and what might be stopped. You you have no idea whose future could be forever better. 
And you don't know who's going to end up being hurt because you did not use your gifts for the benefit of them. And you don't know whose needs are going to go unmet. Listen, can you imagine what could happen if we truly became a group of people who just understood, hey, God has created it this way, and then we align our custom design with where he is at work in our world around us. Can you imagine what might would happen if we would die to ourselves and, and we would decide, hey, I'm going to contribute more than I am going to consume? So here's the thing. What if? What if we chose to serve instead of being served? What if we decided to do what love requires us to do and die to ourselves and serve others selflessly. I just believe that we as a church, we could change our world. It would first start in our homes, and then it would spread into our communities, our neighborhoods, and then maybe into our nation and our world. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Go share the experience and serve selflessly. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this incredible opportunity that in the middle of this pandemic, if we choose to die to ourselves, if we choose to deny ourselves and give our lives away, God, we can make a difference. We, we, can, change. we can change our culture. We can change our world. And I just pray that you help all of us today to move away from the consumer mindset and quit asking, who's going to meet my needs? And begin to ask, whose needs can I meet? God, I, I just pray right now that you'll help us to make the big decision. That really is the root of all of this. And that is choosing today to say, God, I choose to deny myself. I choose to die to self. I choose to give my life away. Thank you that you gave your life for me. And because of my gratitude, I'm going to give my life away for others. God, thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to help us. Thank you that you'll help us to tap into the unique way that you designed us and made us. And God, that we'll have bigger faith, we'll have a stronger purpose, and we'll experience greater joy in all that we do. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. You have a great week as you selflessly serve others. We'll see you next Sunday.